us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. the bottled city of Candor, it is the last comic shop podcast that's right on this podcast we open up the doors to our shop and invite everybody in to talk about comic books <laughs> there you go and today we're leaving the lights on for the oldies that uh, might be considered diving back into one of their old school favorites yeah the Man of Steel, Superman, the number one head honcho when it comes to superheroes. I think worldwide. I think there is no superhero out there that is more well-renowned than Clark Kent and his uh, blue and red avenging alter ego. So, yeah, uh, here on The Last Comic Shop, I'm the host with the most, Danny Larson, and I'm always joined by my co-hosts, Jay Scott and Chad Smith, and we love to talk comics, educating all of you out there on some of the great comic books that you can pick up at your local comic book shop today. So many Superman comic books out there. I know that if you are not a comic book fan, you've probably gone to a Barnes & Noble or a comic book shop, and you've walked in and you've been like, oh my gosh, where do I start? Well, Luckily for you, there was a recent reboot of Superman yet again, because they kind of like to do that every couple of years. Uh, so if you are new to that Superman tent, you can jump on with this week's free pile, which is what, Chad? Superman. Supercore. With a silent P. <laughs> yeah, not not to be confused with Superman Supercorpse. <laughs> yeah. Or no, would it be Super Corp? Because you're thinking corp? Hard Corpse. I am thinking Hard Corpse. <laughs> Not, don't say it there. Hard but when corp. you say Corporation, you actually do put a P, and there's a the, the P is not silent. And corp, so why yeah, is it silent corp. when you say Corp? But that Corpse isn't a corporation, is it? Yes, it is, because it's Lex Luthor's. It's Lex Luthor's corporation that he sets up for it's, Superman, as we'll get to later in the show. Yeah, but it's Super Corp. There's no S. Hardcore. <laughs> there is an S, so that's why the peak becomes silent. But is that They're, short for corporation? And hard is it hard corporation? <laughs> According to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it could be a main subdivision of an armed force in the field, it could be a branch of military organization, or a body of people engaged in a particular activity, aka the press corps. It's an yes. abbreviation for corporation or corporal. They all go back to the Latin word corpus, meaning body. All pronounced the same. I yeah. know. Whatever. What we are reading is Superman. We're going to read Super Corpse this week on the show. <laughs> Super Corp. Fine, whatever. We're going to read it. But before we get into that, we're going to prime the pump, as it were, here on The Last Comic Shop with a Superman trivia quiz. That's right. Oftentimes on The Last Comic Shop, we like to have these comic book-related quizzes. And oftentimes, it's J.A. versus Chad. And for those people that have listened for a long time, Chad is usually the winner because I'm really pretty sure that Chad has never lost a game on our particular show. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. I'm sure I have. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good. I don't know. But this week, J.A. was like, no thanks, not going to participate as a contestant. Uh, so instead, he's the quiz master, right, J.A.? That is correct. Ten question quiz. Each of you will get ten questions of various degrees of difficulty. Testing out your knowledge of Metropolis's greatest son. 
not the red sun. Though who knows? <laughs> maybe that will come up. We shall okay. see. Uh, do we get to flip a coin to see who goes first, or now you're going to flip a piece of kryptonite? <laughs> I don't know what you call though. Would you call heads and tails in kryptonite, or green and yellow? I don't know. I guess if it lands flat, that's tails. And if it lands sticking in you know and starts what? to create Listen. the fortress of solitude, Chad is the reigning champion. Do you want to go first or second? I will defer. I will okay. go second. All right. So Chad is deferring. So I okay. am up first with my ten questions. Question number one: What is Clark Kent's middle name? Oh, uh, that would be Jonathan. Uh, you are incorrect. It is Joseph. Oh, I did not know that. Chad, did you know that? Super Joe, no. <laughs> okay. okay. Number so two. What is the name of the dimensional plane where Kryptonian criminals were exiled for their crimes? That's oh, the Phantom Zone. That is correct. Yes. What supervillain killed the Man of Steel in Superman number 75? That would be Doomsday. That is correct. Hey, two for three. No more middle names. I'm trucking now. Here we go. Let's... Which of Superman's sweethearts became the superheroine known as Insect Queen? That would be Lana Lang. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, man. I love that issue. He, it's him and B-Boy. Goodness. I, 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 had, I read that like cover to cover like six times when I was a kid. Six, All at right. least. Who is the natural father of Daily Planet editor Perry White's son, Jerry? Um, Lex Luthor. That is correct. I should have <laughs> wow! given you. I should have that given you. I, I think for that one, I should have given you some things. It would have put some chum in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Bibbo Babowski, Emil Hamilton, Bizarro Perry White. No, no, I would have gone. I would have gone still with Lex. Bizarro Perry White is. Kind of cool, though. I won't lie. Yeah. Four yeah, for yeah. five so far. Four for five. Okay. Question number six. When did Lois and Superman first kiss? Was it Action Comics number one, Action Comics 124, Superman 248, or Superman number three? Ooh. Ooh. All right. Well, I don't think it's Superman number three, and I don't think it's Action Comics number one. Uh, I'll go with Action Comics 121 or something. 124. 124. There you go. That is incorrect. Mm. Oh. It is Superman number three. Oh, wow. Oh. 1940. Jeez. Superman saves both Lois and a town from a flood, and she rewards him with a kiss. There you go. It's not Clark. It was Superman. <laughs> Clark probably had to work for it. Question number seven. Which of these does Superman have in his Fortress of Solitude? A giant steel diary, an alien zoo, a chess-playing robot, or all of these? All of these? I mean, if you give me an all of these, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one because all of that them is correct. I, I definitely wouldn't have said Giant Penny, although he probably stole that off of Batman too. He's like, <laughs> doesn't the giant zoo lean more towards Brainiac and like keeping living things bottled up and? I remember some Silver Age thing where he was all like, I got to protect these animals to make sure because they're the last of their kind. Yeah, you're right. It is like Brainiac. 
going into question eight, you are five for seven at the moment. What does black kryptonite do to Kryptonians? Does it split them into two? Does it remove their superpowers permanently? Does it induce sleep? Or does it cause hallucinations? I'm going to say that it removes their powers completely. No. It was either that or the splitting thing. Yes, that is correct. It splits them into two separate beings made up of that person's good side and their evil side. It first Ooh. appeared in the Smallville television series. Really? Dun, dun, dun. I'm, I'm just surprised that it, it took them until the Smallville television series in the mid-2000s to do that. I mean, that's a common, like, you know, sitcom trope or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, bad guy. Five for eight. Last two questions. What does Superman do in Action Comics number 900? Does he assassinate a foreign official, run for president, renounce his U.S. citizenship, or join the army? Uh, he runs for president. He renounces no. citizenship. Ah! That is correct, sir. That's recent enough. I knew that one. Man, I thought I was trucking there for a while. Now it's like maybe six for ten if I can get this last one. Okay, number ten. Final question for you, Andrew. What mythical creature did Clark Kent date in college? Was it an elf, a fairy, a mermaid, or a vampire? Uh, I'm going to say a mermaid. That is correct. While attending Metropolis University, Clark dated Lori Lamaris, a student who hid her mermaid identity by pretending to be wheelchair bound and using a blanket to cover the lower half of her body. Was that during the John Byrne run? Sounds like it must have been. I mean, it does sound like X-Men kind of stuff. It's like all Charles Xavier there instead of Splash with the Daryl Hands. But still, six for ten! Man! Six for ten. All right, Chad. Holy cannoli, all right. Are you ready? I don't think I am, but let's do this anyway. What color kryptonite is fatal to bizarro creatures? I'll just say red. It is blue. Magenta. Blue. (laughs) It was blue. Aqua. (laughs) Cyan. It doesn't make... I would have gone red, too, though. Red and green and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Who played the Man of Steel in the first live-action Superman film? First live-action Superman film. Keyword film. So we're going to say George Reeves. Uh, It was Kirk Allen? That is correct. Kirk (laughs) Allen. (laughs) What? That was a serial, not a film. It was a film. Kirk Allen played Superman in the 1948 live-action movie serial Superman and its 1950 sequel, Adam Man vs. Superman. He later appeared as Lois Lane's father in the 1978 Superman film. Aw, I call baloney. Those aren't features. Those are serials. That's different. They edited them into features eventually. Uh, Oh, for two, brother. I know. Off to a rough start. What supervillain decided to become a hero after battling Superman? Was it Silver Banshee, Bloodsport, Metallo, or Ambush Bug? Oh, we're going to go Silver Banshee, but also Ambush Bug. <laughs> it was Ambush Bug? It was Ambush Bug. Ah, I missed it again. <laughs> but Silver Banshee's a good guy now. She's a good guy in the book. Yes. You should give him a half point for that. I would, but he's won everything. So, like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Down. I'll be filing my appeal on technicalities for this one. <laughs> 
Question number four. Chad's still on the schneid. How does Superman kill Doomsday in Batman versus Superman, the movie? So it, does he break his neck? Does he throw him into outer space? Does he use a kryptonite spear or does he strangle him? I'm going to say kryptonite spear, but I'm pretty sure I was asleep by then. Kryptonite it spear. It is a kryptonite Woo-hoo! spear. And he's on the board, folks. Thanks to Zack Snyder. It's the only time Chad will thank Zack Snyder for anything. <laughs> Superman killed Doomsday with a kryptonite spear, but also skewered and died himself. Yeah. Why he didn't give the kryptonite spear to Batman or Wonder Woman to kill Doomsday, we'll never know. <laughs> Super poor judgment. <laughs> what servant of Darkseid uses her powers of persuasion to maintain his control of Apocalypse? Is it Granny Goodness, Mortella, Amazing Grace, or Vera Black? I have no idea. <laughs> Mortella. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's Amazing Grace. These questions are way harder than Andy's questions. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've got the Lana Lane and some person that was a mermaid. <laughs> who was Superman's third girlfriend? What? Anyway. Okay. So what is he? He, now he has to get them all right. I gotta right? win them all. I can do you it. Gotta I go, gotta you gotta sweep the table or else I win. Woo. Yes. Who played Lois Lane in the 1990s TV series Lois and Clark, The New Terry Adventures Hatcher. of Superman? That is correct, sir. All right, I got one. I'm on the board. Thank you, Terry Hatcher. <laughs> she I was like hot. Terry Hatcher. Oh, I love Terry Hatcher. Oh. <laughs> what U.S. town boasts a Superman museum? Is it Cleveland, Ohio, Metropolis, Illinois, Smallville, Mississippi, or Gardner, Kansas? Cleveland, Ohio. What? It's Metropolis, Illinois. It is Metropolis, Illinois. Because they named the town. Because they built. They were going to build the Superman land there. Oh man! How do I know these things? I don't know. You're much more of a super fan. All right, let's play it out though. Yeah, let's All see. Right. Let's see how many he gets. Which band wrote a song about Superman? Was it the Crash Test Dummies? Yes. Five for fighting the Flaming Lips, or yes. all of these? Flaming Lips. Yeah, they just, that's all. All of the above. It is correct. All of these. The Flaming Lips wrote Waiting for a Superman. Yeah. The Crash Test Dummies wrote Superman's song and Five for Fighting, Superman colon It's Not Easy. Yes. Yeah, and only two or three of those are about drug addictions. <laughs> three other bands to record Superman inspired songs include Three Doors Down with Kryptonite. The Spin Doctors with Jimmy Olsen Blues, The Kinks with Wish I Could Fly Like Superman, and Eminem with Superman. Oh, didn't know that one. So he got three right and four wrong. So he's at question eight. Okay. Which supervillain is named Oswald Loomis? Is it Dr. Chaos, Prankster, Puzzler, or Toy Man? Uh, I don't care. Also, you can tie prankster. That is correct. Uh, The original prankster is Oswald Loomis. You can tie like you can't beat me, but you can tie with six. So now you have four going into the last questions. The S stands for no hope. (laughs) (laughs) Which character is a warlord from Superman's home planet of Krypton? Is it Zod, Amok, 
Grod or Zor-El? A warlord. We'll go Zod. Kneel before him. One of Superman's greatest enemies, General Zod, first appeared in Adventure Comics 283 in April of 1961. He was a Kryptonian warlord who had been banished to the Phantom Zone for his crimes. There you go. And in the Zack Snyder movie, Superman snaps his neck and then spears him with kryptonite and then trips and falls on that same spear. Then Doomsday comes. (laughs) Now, doesn't Zod turn into Doomsday? I don't know. Right. Last question, number 10. Can he it's tie, all on the line. Can he tie? What robot maintains Superman's Fortress of Solitude? Is it Amazo, Skeets, Kellex, or Tobor? Oh, God. I know it's not Skeets. I agree with that. Amazo, he's a different guy. Yes. So not Amazo. Uh, what, are, what are my options? Kellex or Tobor? Tobor is just robot spelled backwards. <laughs> what is Telex? <laughs> Telex with a K. K-E-L-E-X. I'm going to go Tobor because that's dumb enough that it should yes. fit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. I... And that is incorrect. Oh! <laughs> it is Kellex, a Kryptonian robot who originally served Superman's father, Jor-El. Kellex currently maintains Superman's Fortress of Solitude. So I won! Oh. I was, Congratulations! I, I would have guessed that Tobor too, because that seemed like stupid, like Silver Age Superman stuff. Woohoo! Oh, hang my head in super shame. <laughs> in any case, we've got more Last Comic Shop coming up right after these messages with the new run of Superman by some awesome people. So stay tuned for that. Super Core! Supercorp. Supercorp. is the destination for all things shop. Plan your week with upcoming show schedules, the latest books, recommendations, and chatter from the crew. Subscribe to the show on all major podcasting platforms from one convenient location. Show your support and browse the merch store, t-shirts, tanks, Hoodies for the fam, coffee mugs, magnets, totes, and more. Check out exclusive content through the show's YouTube channel and follow the pod on Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, and others. All this and so much more at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Sasquatch. The Loch Ness Monster, Mothman, The Jersey Devil, Chupacabra. For millennia, these creatures have perplexed the human race. But what if they are forces of good? What if they have been sent here by a federation of more advanced alien species to help and defend the human race? That's the premise of League of Cryptids, a new comic book by Grant Lankard, creator of the smash hits Beowulf and Memoirs of the Morbid. His new comic, League of Cryptids, is a four-part story involving these five creatures banding together to defend Earth from an invading alien race. Just as one of their members is losing faith in the human race and questioning their mission. The epic tale begins in League of Cryptids 1.
Check out our Kickstarter page for more information. All right. Faster than a speeding bullet and stronger than train? Up in the sky? <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing. Whatever. <laughs> we're back. And we're here to talk about some Superman Supercore. And uh, <laughs> this is a series that came out in 2023. Chad, who worked on this? For out of the dawn of DC initiative. Uh, and we were reading the first trade, uh, Super Corp, which included issues one through five, as well as the annual. Uh, they were all written by Joshua Williamson. And then Jamal Campbell handles the lion's share on the art duties, including the colors, at issues one through five. Except in issue four, Nick Dragota helps out with Frank Martin on colors there. And then we include for the annual, you get into Mahmoud Asrar, Edwin Gallman, Jack Herbert, Max Rayner. Caitlin Yarsky uh, working there, and then Alex Guamares and Edwin Gallman and David McCraig on colors. And uh, so this is really sort of a, a soft reboot, I guess. I mean, if you ever can, I guess you do reboot Superman. He had flown off somewhere in a, in a, in a different storyline or whatnot, so he's back, back on Earth. Andrew, tell us what is happening in the new Superman title. The 10 cents synopsis is as follows, like, it's like kind of everything you kind of sort of know about Superman already. Like he's still working at the Daily Planet. Instead of Perry White being in charge, it's actually his chicky honey, uh, Lois Lane. She's now the editor of the Daily Planet. They don't exactly say where Perry White is, just that he's on sabbatical or he's gone or whatever. But anyways, he's running for mayor. <laughs> he's running for mayor. Thank you, Chad. And uh you know, Clark's going about his business when all of a sudden he starts hearing Lex Luthor from prison. And you find out that long ago, Superman, like, trained his super hearing to specifically hear certain people. So when they were talking, like, he could always hear them, you know. So he can always hear Jimmy and Lois and Bruce Wayne. Which, which, also which all raises all these kind of <laughs> ethical questions about, does he stop listening when Bruce right, Wayne right, is happy? Having who with who knows? Um, but he does listen to Lex. And so Lex is in his ear in some prison somewhere saying, like, I'm going to help you, Superman. I'm going to set up LexCorp so that you can uh, have all the, the great weapons and stuff at your disposal. Uh, and there's these evil scientists that I pissed off a long time ago, and they're coming for you. <laughs> kind of like a heel trying to make a face, join forces with them and make a tag team. That's what's happening here. And Superman goes along with it. And so together they fight a bunch of baddies of his from his rogues gallery that have been super pumped up, uh, like Parasite and Silver Banshee and Livewire and all these folks, so that they actually are a credible threat to the Man of Steel. Because that's always the problem when you have somebody that can just do everything. Is like, how do you generate drama when he has to fight somebody? I, I don't know. But that's the 10 cents synopsis. Yeah, let's put Soup's in charge. Yeah. Uh, and did you mention how they're being tracked down by Dr. Frankenfurter? <laughs> in a well, wheelchair? Said, yeah, these guys that you never heard of, these evil scientists that like Lex. Who've been around forever, but you've never heard of. That, that's right. always the big danger yeah. is when they introduce a new person. It's like, oh, this is the, the worst, most evilest villain, you, but you've never heard of them before. So how evil could they have been? I get it. But it when you have a character that's been around for so long... You kind of wish, well, why didn't they just do that with an established evil person? That's true. Right. It's Dr. Farm and Dr. Graft. And on top of that, 
they go into how they covered up how Lex was a good guy when he first came to Metropolis. But that got buried by the papes. That that was weird. Some fake news. Like, I don't understand, like, that whole thing of him, about him being a good guy. I... But the one question I had, though, is like, this isn't my pick. This isn't Chad's pick. It's J.A.'s pick this week. So why did you why did you want to read the new Superman series? I wanted to read a Superman book because we haven't read one in a while. And uh, I was tired of the Batman. We've read a lot of Batman or Batman adjacent type stuff. So I wanted to read, you know, the other big DC character. And this one was getting a lot of press because I guess it was a reboot and they hadn't had normal Superman in their universe for a little bit. They had used Superman's son, and we covered that, I think, last year. So it was, it was I wanted to get the original soups back in the mix. Regular was Superman got, was off on World World, right? Yeah, he was. And I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But um, let's get your initial thoughts first, J.A. I mean, this was something that, you again, you picked. Did you like it? It was entertaining. Uh, it's a bit cotton candy-esque. Uh, you know, then you could read through it and it was fun to read. And then you thought about it and there wasn't a lot to think about. You're like, ah, it was like watching uh, an action movie, I guess. I don't know. Popcorn drive in or a movie when you're on the airplane, something to do passes the time, entertains you a bit. But uh, when you land, you're not thinking about that movie that you just spent two hours in the airplane uh, watching. You're thinking about getting a taxi cab and going off to your hotel or going home or going wherever you eat it was just one of those things it was it was okay it's not the best superman story that's come out in the last couple of years i don't even think it's one of the best superman stories that's probably come out this year or last year i just thought it was there okay i'm glad you're talking about that because again i think one of the hardest things to do when you're writing for the Man of Steel is the fact that, again, the character's been around for close to a century, and like he's got every single power under the sun. So how do you, how do you start? How do you write? How do you pitch something and say like, this is where I'm going to go with Superman and make it different than anything else that anybody else has ever done? Yeah, and and I do think that they had some good ideas. I really liked where they turned Lex Luthor into the man in the chair, essentially. Where he's stuck in prison, but he's talking to Superman the whole time. That was a nice little conceit. I liked that. I thought that gave them the ability to interact. And, you know, it's Lex Luthor. So ultimately, you're always thinking, okay, what's the final play here? What's what's going to go on? It's if it, Lex is not doing a face turn here. Lex has got some ulterior motive so trying to figure out what that ulterior motive is is good but i thought that sort of the the big bads these two doctors they were a little weak (laughs) the question i had for chad as a longtime fan and as somebody that's read a lot of superman reboots probably more than i have because again you read the new 52 superman you read uh, i think when brian michael bendis came on i only read like bits and pieces of that how does this compare to those other ones for somebody that's like a long-term fan well, it's, it's funny you mention it because I actually, I've been buying this series. And so I have not only read the Super Core, I read the next couple issues. And when it was coming out initially, I picked it up because, yeah, I like to give Superman a shot, but I hardly ever stick with Superman stories. Like the Bendis reboot, I read for a little bit, and then they stopped digital codes midway through a story, and that just frustrated me. The Superman as a dad is a series that, like, I'll pick off an issue or two and read every now and again, but I've never sat down and read it all the way through 
And so I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. And I had actually had read these books two weeks before we recorded. And I was like, oh, good. So I'll just have to go back through and look at them again. And when I went back to read issue one, I was like, I don't remember any of this happened. Did this happened. I had totally forgotten everything that happened. That's not to say the books are bad, though. I think the art is beautiful. I think Josh Williamson, this is him kind of like stepping up in terms of like talent at DC and being like he had been uh, working on the Flash for a long time and apparently had a really great Flash run. But so this is him getting his, you know, big profile uh, exposure here. I thought it was fine, but the first time I read it, I just, it just went away. Yeah. And so I, I don't have any complaints about this story. I think it, it is frustrating with all the like, Oh, there's Metropolis secrets that you've never known before. Because every Superman book we read that's close to incontinuity, oh, there's secrets from Metropolis that you've never known before. Turns out Jimmy Olsen's family had set up Metropolis, you know, <laughs> alongside the Luthers. Oh, yes. but this time Lex Luthor was a superhero and that nobody knew that was happening, but it was Perry White was the guy that was burying it. Oh no, ah. I don't know. I enjoyed it, like Jay was saying, for what it was, this is, you know. If you are just, you're looking for a comic to read to pass the time for a little bit, it's fun comic booking. But is it something that I think I'm going to remember years down the line? I couldn't remember it for two weeks. (laughs) Wow. I'm not going to disagree with you in the fact that it was somewhat, I don't want to say generic, because that's that's a harsh term. It did feel like stuff that I'd read before uh, when it came to uh, Superman or just comics in general. So after, like, I think issue three, you know, you've got this parasite story and everybody's turning into zombies. And I'm just like, you know what? I think I've read like enough people turning into zombies to last me forever in terms of the DC, at least recently. So I was just kind of like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the brakes on mentally and I'm just going to look at this book and I'm going to say, okay, as somebody that's trying to provide... Uh, guidance to those people coming into a comic book shop and saying, like, would you pick this up if this was a new comic book series featuring Superman and you really didn't read Superman for a while? Is this good? And that's when kind of things started to shift for me, because I do think that they do a wonderful job grounding Superman in the things that people are familiar with enough that you can pick it up. A lot of folks, when they get pick up a comic book that features any of the characters that they really want to read like Spider-Man or Batman or Superman. Always the fear is like, you're going to pick it up and you're going to be like, I don't know any of these people. Like, I don't know who these, why is, you know, Superman on this other planet and who are these people that he's fighting with? Like, no, like this is Superman's in Metropolis. He's working as a reporter. Lois Lane's there. Jimmy Olsen's there. Here are all the rogues gallery members like Toy Man and Silver Banshee and Livewire and Lex is helping. Yay. Yeah. And so reintroduces all of that stuff. I was willing to give the series kind of a pass in that way. Yes, I'm an old geezer and I've read a lot of comic books and I'm jaded. So to me, this was just like, oh, this is just a comic book. But for somebody that's coming in off the streets, I think this is a good place to start or a restart with Superman. And if that's really what they were trying to do with this series, I think they, they succeeded, um, at least for, for new readers which is good yeah heck yeah you want superman to be accessible and with uh dc you know they they've been in a lot of flux recently and you have all this stuff with the james gunn taking over the studios you want to have books on the shelves that if somebody can come and read 
uh, you know, a trade that they get a satisfying story. And having read the first bunch of Supercore issues and and then the second batch of issues for the most part, I can tell you, you're going to get an entertaining story out of these. And so at the end of the day, I think that's admirable. That's something DC should strive for. This is the stuff we always, or at least I always complain about. You know, whenever you have the Avengers movies coming out and they're on issue 37 of Jonathan Hickman's 500 issue Infinity Gauntlet Avengers Endless Crusade. Like, you're just going to chase people away. But this Supercorp, people can pick that up. They'll get it. That everything they need explained is explained. And there's enough new stuff coming in. Even for the oldies, like, I don't know this moonlight horse riding lady. Like, <laughs> that's intriguing. You Why know? is her hat so lit up like a <laughs> Ikea lamp? Yeah, I think just to, to piggyback on what Chad was saying, I mean, last week we reviewed a large swath of Outback-era X-Men by Chris Claremont, and going in, you had to have, I think, the first five minutes of that review it was just me catching you all up to speed <laughs> on what was going on. Like you're like, why is this happening? And what happened to this person? And where did that go? I mean, you know, those types of stories are not very easy to get into. Sometimes this was very easy to get into everything you needed to know about Superman. You pretty much knew because of the culture, you know, you saw the Christopher Reeve Superman, or you saw the newer Supermans, or you've watched Lois and Clark back in the 90s, or watched Smallville, or you watched the Arrow, what, whatever the it was CW. It Superman and Lois, I think that's what they call yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, I think, just kind of walks around with a little bit of Superman mythology already built in. You're, like, born with it. You, you knew some of these Superman facts. Right. And... You get to the end, and you get Lex getting shanked in jail. Yeah. Like, How could you not want to pick up the next issue after that? <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that didn't work for me and, and was the actual super corpse thing. I, I feel like you could have told this story without having any of that, honestly. Like Superman running like Lex Corp? No, you don't need to have that. You just need to have Lex and Superman talking. That's the thing... That kind of drives the bus. Not, hey, I gotta run this business now, Superman. Yeah, and here's all these weapons that you don't even use. I don't know. Ah, but let me dazzle you with DC's mastery or lack thereof of numbers. In my hand, I'm showing Andy I'm holding issue six, which is called The Chained Part One. But when you open it up inside, it's called The Chained Part One, Chapter Six. Dun dun dun. And so the super core is building to something bigger okay. where in the next storyline, you find out what secrets does Lex uh, have buried under the super core. Spoiler alert. It's a guy called the chained, uh, <laughs> but he's a, a fun, creepy looking villain. But yeah. So this is, it's building towards something bigger. This is something that is going to be, a, you know, a 12 issue arc or a 20 issue arc or something at the end of the day where hopefully it'll be a, a satisfying story that you enjoy and remember when it's all said and done. See, when you said The Chained, I thought the next series run is going to be Superman chained to his desk having to do all the taxes for <laughs> Supercore <laughs> and getting sucked into horrible corporate intrigue. Oh, the paperwork. Going up against 
Batman's Wayne Enterprises because of uh, they're they're both bidding on some contract to build a dam somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he just gets chained up as well and goes, Ah, I'm in chains. Ah. All right. Well, one thing that we're hoping that we chain you is to the rest of the last comic shop and you come back after these commercial breaks for our ratings as well as recommendations. So stay tuned. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, Head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. When you're done listening to this podcast, check out mine. My name is Dave and I'm the host of Beer in Front. My podcast is just enjoying the beer that's in front of you. Sometimes we forget about a classic beer while we focus on the new trendy thing. What I try to do each week is to enjoy an old school classic or have a beer that has potential to be a classic. I'll also talk about events of the day. I'll add my spin to things. And each week there are people that really annoy me and I'll call them out as the jag off of the week. That's Beer in Front, available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop. It is now time for our rating where, like Brainiac, we like collecting the Man of Steel. And uh, was this one one that we enjoyed in our collection? One out of four scale is going to decide that. And that comes from Jay Scott. So what is our one out of four scale for Superman Super Corpse? One out of four corpse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, at least you didn't say peas. How many P's are you putting in this word? I still think that's the weirdest word ever. Like, nobody should use this word. Say corporate. Say corporal. Don't say corp. Because then people will be like, is it corpse? Is it core? Is it what? Is it nothing? J.A., it was your pick this week. What? How many corps are you giving this? Um, as I said, you know, uh, it was fun, but sort of not so memorable. I, it's 2.5. It's good comic booking. It's... It's good to have Superman back in a mainline series focused on him and not, you know, Superman as dad or Superman off on some planet. But, you know, in Metropolis with Lois, with Lex, but eh, 2.5, just good. <laughs> not great, not bad. Would I recommend it? Yeah. In a couple of years, it'll probably be in Buckbins. I'm glad that they've already put it out in the trade. Easy to access. You don't need to know a lot about Superman to get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go next, and uh, I'm going to echo that in saying that you don't need to know much about Superman other than the basics to enjoy this series. So if you are a new comic book fan coming off the streets or haven't read Superman in a while, this is a great series to pick up. If you are a comic book reader for a really long time, then I would say you might get a little bit bored with this because... Although it hits all those right notes, it's all those notes that you've probably heard in other songs before. And you're like, oh, okay. 
And that's why I'm going to give this probably like a 2.25 because it's, it's average. I'm not going to like say, oh, this is the best thing ever. I personally enjoyed uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's take on Superman in the War World series that he was doing. But I'm also a person that knows a lot about Superman and comics. So like him being on an alien planet and not being around, you know, the Daily Planet or Lois Lane or any of those and being thrown in with the authority and all that stuff. I liked it just because it was different. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this is something I haven't seen a thousand times before. Uh, I think I've even seen uh, Superman and Lex team up. That's nothing new. But that doesn't mean that if you aren't a new fan or somebody that hasn't read Superman in a while, that this isn't a good book. So for those people, it's probably like a three, three and a half, because it does what it's supposed to do, which is get you back reading Superman. And uh, kudos to DC for doing that. Chad? Yeah, I'm of two minds as well, and I still need to read World World. War World. The roar of comic book titles, yeah. No, it sounds super intriguing, but I'll be darned if this isn't the thing I've been asking for for years. Like, when I started growing up reading comic books, I I read a a couple of different runs of Spider-Man simultaneously, because we had the Marvel Tales going on, we had, I was in the mid-300s or the early 300s with the Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson era, and then I was also reading the Spider-Man comics from the 70s, and they all offered a different flavor, but a lot of those issues weren't groundbreaking issues, they were just fun stories that were accessible to me, you know, at nine, 10, 11 years old, but I could still go back as an adult and read those things and love them. You know, they all have their charms. They're all wonderful. And as a result of those stories being so great, like that helped ground me as a comic book fan for life. And so golly GDC, you're doing this thing here with Superman. You're giving me stories that are not Superman on an alien planet facing down the brutality of the authority and all that moral quandaries, which that's a, a, a an awesome idea for a story. And I'm, you know, I'm glad it's out there. And like I said, I'm intrigued to read it, but you're giving me a Superman that's accessible to all ages. And not only that, this is not Superman, whatever the DC's Marvel age equivalent is. This isn't Superman's kitty book, right? This is in continuity Superman. Issue by issue where you get the soap opera elements, you get the gauntlet of all the different villains. You know, you're seeing Parasite, you're seeing Livewire, you're getting the all the players in Metropolis. And like I said, it's it's easy to read. The art is, is brilliant. Now, I, I will complain slightly that as it goes, the series uh, does that thing where they get like 16 bajillion different artists and it gets a little bit harder to maintain consistency for the next couple issues but then i think they're settling in with bruno redondo i think is the plan which you can't go wrong with bruno redondo on our duties but like this is what i asked for give folks a book they can latch on to and as much as i like to drag dc they're doing all kinds of efforts to make superman accessible to you know any number of folks did you guys check out the superman loves ramen noodles manga that came out last year (laughs) no i did not the sequel just came out. The basic premise is Superman uh, shoots off during his lunch breaks because he falls in love with ramen noodles. And sometimes when he gets too excited, his heat blast goes off. And it's just, it's craziness. And it's him trying all these different foods and, you know, but it's in that the manga format. 
that could hook kids. We, we've talked before about some of the other great Superman books, like Superman Smashes the Klan, which, you know, that has some historical background to it. And you could have Superman, you know, being accessible there. But this is regular in continuity comic books where Superman is super accessible. And so I love it. I just forgot it as soon as I read it. But that doesn't mean I don't still love it. So I'm going to give it a 3.3. You know, it gets the A average. Uh, I'm all for Josh Williamson keeping this up. And even though this might not be your grown-up, super adult, hardcore collector, like, oh, we need every issue of this Superman, I'm willing to bet by the time it's all said and done, this is going to turn into something special. And as it stands, like, this is something the kids can latch on to, and boy, after a decade of Zack Snyder movies, boy, do I just want a Superman that kids can, can embrace. And that's what this is. So, there you go. 3.3 for me. Nice. Way to bring it back, Chad. I I have to agree with that. I might go a little bit higher now with my... No, it's... (laughs) It's now time for other books that you can pick up at your local comic book shop with our recommendations. Yes, this is the time of every single show where we like to give you other comic books in addition to the new Superman series, Supercore, that you can pick up at your local comic book shop today. We're going to go ahead and start off again with J.A. Scott, because I think he has another Superman book to recommend to all of our fans. I do, and this one, you don't have to worry about it being a retread of things you've seen before or introducing villains that you never heard of because, well... It is introducing villains, but it's because it's introducing Superman and Lois Lane as well. That's right. This is Superman, the Golden Age Omnibus, uh, volumes one, two, three, four. They've got a lot of volumes of them now. You know, you lo- I love my Omnibuy. They're nice hardcover editions of the original comic books. So volume one collects issues from 1938 through 1940. Uh, You're getting Action Comics 1 through 31, Superman 1 to 7, New York World's Fair Comics 1 and 2, First Appearance of Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, uh, Superman Battling Social Injustice, Political Corruption, Fighting for the Common Man. It's really the basis of what we have today in comic books. These are some of the first superhero comics ever made by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. So if you love your Superman, this is where it all started. Yeah, and it's always cool to go back and see some of these things where, you know, he's throwing criminals off the rooftops. Yeah, gangbuster <laughs> Superman. He doesn't I don't think he even flies yet because he didn't they didn't introduce flying until the Max Fletcher cartoon. Because they thought it was easier to animate flying versus jumping. That is, I think this even predates all that. So, um, yeah, but you owe yourself to go back and read those original S- Superman stories. Even if you think they're a little bit cornball, which, I mean, I've read them, and they kind of sort of are at times. But still, like, that's that's where it all came from. That's the seed. you got to embrace the seed. <laughs> yeah, and some, some of those are about to enter the public domain as well. So, uh, it, and it's still paid DC for it, I guess, before you could get them for free. I don't know how that's going to work. It, that's, we had a show about that. Have you seen all Eddie, the Mickey Mouse stuff? Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy nowadays. Oh. In any case, let's get to another Superman comic. And this one comes from uh, Chad Smith. Although he already recommended uh, Superman and the Ramen stuff, which I, I think I'm going to have to pick yeah. up. But what's your comic book that you found in, uh, in a bin recently? Yeah, so my, my recommendation is coming out of the buck bins. 
Uh, one of my local comic shops has been dumping a ton of stuff into their buck bins recently because they're trying to clear out space in the back. And so things that aren't normally there are popping up. And lo and behold, I see Harley's Little Black Book number five. And it has a cover that's recreating the Neil Adams classic Superman versus Muhammad Ali. But this time around, it's Superman versus Harley Quinn. Uh, and you got little, you know, Barack Obama in the cover looking there, giving you the side eye. Batman and, uh, you know, the cover wasn't nearly as fun this time around to dig into because some are just rando aliens in there. But inside, you get a story written by uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, but with art from Neil Adams and Paul Mounts on Colors, where they basically parody that classic Superman versus Muhammad Ali story. And you get recreations of all the biggest moments. Uh, as well as a bunch of little silly things. So you want to watch Wonder Woman and Power Girl uh, arm wrestle? Uh, you get to see that. But you also get to see the, the page recreated where Superman gets knocked out and they have to bring all the medics over. That's in there. You want to see Hunka and the scrub show up again? It's in here. Uh, you want to see that training montage with Superman and Muhammad Ali, but with Harley Quinn? It's in here. It was just something that I didn't know existed, and I stumbled upon it, and Man, how cool is that? So the book was Harley's Little Black Book, uh, issue number five. You know, just the issue by itself is delightful. It just brought me such joy to go through and see Neil Adams uh, working uh, over some of his best work. And it was dedicated by Neil Adams and Palmiani Mounts and Connor to the memory of the greatest Muhammad Ali, because I think this came out in 2017. But uh, now with the, the passing of Neil... He's one of the greatest as well. And I don't know. It was just such a cool artifact. I was so happy to stumble upon it. So Harley's Little Black Book, issue number five. Uh, if you find it, it's definitely worth your time. Very cool. Like that, And that's the great thing about find, going into dollar bins. You never know what you're going to find. So if you ever find one of those in a comic book shop, all you newbies, go search through some of those dollar bin comics. You'll find <laughs> some great, great stuff. I will say I'm not a variant cover guy traditionally, but if I see him in a buck bin, I'm like, yeah, I'll pick up a book for the cover. Sometimes oh, you pick it up for the cover and you open up. And it's like, wait, Neil Adams aren't on the inside too. What? what, what? <laughs> it's great. So my recommendation this week is kind of twofold uh, in the fact that not only is it shedding some light on uh, a creator I just talked about when I talked about a Superman run that I really loved. Again, the War World series that Philip Kennedy Johnson did on action comics about Superman being imprisoned on Mongol's planet and not having powers and having to fight in a gladiatorial arena and stuff that made me start picking up Superman every single month, which was something I hadn't done since they killed Superman in the nineties. And he has written another really great book, which also similar to the book we did this week will bring folks back into the comic book tent by kind of, bringing that character, that comic book character back to his essence and giving you a story that you can just pick up and start reading. And that is the Incredible Hulk over at Marvel. So in recent years, a lot of stuff is happening with the Incredible Hulk. You had the Al Ewing run, where Incredible Hulk uh, was because of the green door. All the folks that were um, affected by Gamma could never die. And there was this big huge epic arc about all of that then later on you had donny cates basically make hulk a walking like biological mech with bruce banner in his brain like kind of controlling him like captain kirk 
which was kind of weird and goofy. But this one brings all of that back to just simply Bruce Banner being homeless, walking around, trying not to kill people as the Hulk, right? Because this is definitely a Hulk that based on that previous run with Donny Cates is super pissed at Bruce because he imprisoned him for so long. So now he's like, no, 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 Bruce, I'm going to be in charge. And so he's he's walking around. And at the same time, you get this interesting storyline about the mother of monsters. So basically, it brings back the Hulk to being the protagonist in battles against monster adversaries, because that's what the Hulk is. He's a monster. So pit him against other monsters. And so over the first couple of issues, and I think I've read up to issue seven or eight right now, you have the Hulk teaming up with another famous monster in Man-Thing. They go into the swamp. They fight some, looks like a giant, like jellyfish kind of thing. It's super creepy. And all the art's done by Nick Klein, uh, except for one issue. Um, So all the monsters are really disgusting looking. And uh, Hulk just kind of beats the tar out of them. And you get some great stories with that. Plus... To bring it back to Hulk's from past, Hulk is a sidekick, kind of like Rick Jones or whatever, with a new girl named Charlie who has some monster stuff going on with her. So you get some of that awesomeness. But it's great. If you haven't read Hulk in a while, this is a really good Hulk run that brings it back to the basics. And he's just Hulk fighting monsters. Love it. Smashing good recommendation, chap. <laughs> No, I I'm a, I do it like the Philip Kennedy Johnson. I've heard such great things. And so, yeah, I, I definitely will be checking that out. All right. And one thing that we hope that you always check out is more episodes of The Last Comic Shop. It is super easy to find us. All you have to go out to is www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com and rate, review, and subscribe, and you'll never miss any of our shows. It's that easy, folks. That website has all of the links. Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Spotify and as well as YouTube. You can get our podcast on YouTube if that's what your preference is. But make sure that you're following The Last Comic Shop because we've got great stuff coming up for the rest of 2024. That's right. And uh, make sure you're following us out there on the socials, things like X and Blue Sky. I uh, can always go back to our website, that www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com, where you can find things like merch. And what do we got today, J.A.? Well... It wouldn't be a, a merch store supporting comic books if we didn't have some blue tights. So you can get on, some, buy some blue tights and uh, get on that leisure wear kick that everyone in the U.S. is on and run around looking like Superman. Makes you faster you when you're jogging at night. But there is put- enough charge for the red shorts. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to wear the tidy whities over top of them, I mean, that's going to cost you extra, right? I mean... That's gonna... But additionally, we do have normal T-shirts, coffee mugs, tote bags, anything you need for your uh, comic book loving fan in your life. Also, we got a promo code over at bcwsupplies.com. Uh, use the code LCSPOD, save 10% on boards, bags, boxes, all the stuff you need to keep those comic books looking spick and span. There yeah. you go. And while we here at the Last Comic Shop podcast hope to be the last comic podcast you need, we don't want to be the last comic shop. So we encourage everybody to find a shop near you. Go out and find some super stuff like Superman, Super Core by Josh Williams, uh, Jamal Campbell, and friends. Or you can go old school and find one of those Superman Golden Age Omnibuy. 
Uh, or maybe you want a smaller selection, you can dig through the back issue bins and find the very affordable Harley's Little Black Book, issue number five, starring Superman with that wonderful Neil Adams art and that parody story. Or let's say you want to go off in a different direction, you can find former Superman scribe Phil Kennedy Johnson's current run on The Incredible Hulk on Stands Now. <laughs> yes! And we hope that you do pick up all that wonderful stuff. And we hope that you come back next week for more reviews from The Last Comic Shop. Until then, I was the host with most, Andy Larson. And I was joined by Chad Smith and Jay Scott. And we hope that you stay safe, stay super, and remember that it doesn't matter if you're fat or thin or tall or short or old or young. At the end of the day, it's night. Ugh. I didn't know where you were going with that one. No, that took me on a journey. A journey of discovery, friends. Discovery into more dad jokes. They're not going away. The Last Comic Shop Podcast was a 2024 Black Angus production.